Hello and welcome to another episode of another football podcast. What we talk about Liga Maggie's in English, Mexicans abroad, and El Tri in English. For this week's episode, we kind of wanted to do something different. Uh, we haven't done a Q&A, so this is episode 6 Q&A version of another football podcast. And I am Cari Torres. If you guys don't know me, you should know me already. This voice so sounds so familiar. Um, and with me, the person who was giving me a science lesson over aliens and trying to convince me that there is aliens and what is an alien, Tom. Tom Harrison, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. As a former <laughs> alien myself, I'm, I'm doing good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was a good comeback. Yeah. Okay, that was a good one. Thank that was you. a good one. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Trying to get over you trying to teach me <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. We got into a really different conversation before the start of recording this. But, okay, guys. So, yes, we are doing a special Q&A version of another football podcast this week. We kind of want to do something different. And we asked you guys on Twitter. Tom set out the tweet asking uh, for questions for us to answer. So we're just going to go ahead and dig in with the questions. Um, so let's start off. Are you ready, Tom? I'm ready. Let's do this. Are we ready to answer all of them? I'll try my best. Okay. Let's start with um, two guys that are very special friends to me from the Eagle Eye podcast, Dylan and Ivan. And they ask, uh, what is your favorite Ligaton album and can Tigres find their way into the Liguilla? Tom? Uh, this is when I've re just remembered I've forgotten to do my research and look up a reggaeton album. <laughs> I honestly couldn't name one, so okay. I'm going to have to pass that one over to you to, straight away. I'm passing on the first uh, question already. Reggaeton album. I have a couple of ones. Um, J Balvin, Vibras, Maluma, Fame. But probably my favorite that I have on replay is Justin Quiles, La Promesa. And I know Tom does not listen to reggaeton, so it all sounds kind of gibberish. But but yeah, so that's that's my end. But I'll, now I'll, to the second I'll pass it question. on to my mom. She's a big fan. So. <laughs> Let me call your mom real quick. So what's your favorite <laughs> reggaeton album? We kind of need it for, for a Q&A podcast. <laughs> I should have asked her. I should have asked her. You should have. Yeah. Um, so second part of the question, can Tigres find their way into La Liguilla? What do you think? Well, we've spoken about this quite a lot in recent weeks, haven't we? We've discussed the possibility that uh, the two Monterrey teams might miss out. Rayados themselves have picked things up somewhat and um, had a, a few good results that have pushed them on to 23 points now and that should be good enough. Tigres are still right on the edge and honestly right now I would say that Pachuca overall are playing better football but not getting results um, Tigres just they they've been in this position before though they've been on the edge before and they've always managed to find a way uh, to get the results when they need it uh, they're obviously so so good in Ligia and, and they, they're often very very good when in the sort of couple of games before when they need to get the results. So it would be a surprise if they didn't make it. Um, so yeah, they can find their way in, absolutely. But we've 
we've kind of stuck with the prediction for a while that one of the two Montale teams might, might miss out. So uh, it'd be kind of, I mean, it'd be interesting. It would be very different if Tigres didn't make it. And, and in, in one way, kind of pretty cool. I agree. Um, I think it's about time um, Tigres does not make it into La Deguia. And I mean, they're currently sitting in eighth on the table with 20 points. Uh, ninth, Pachuca has 19 points. And then 10th on the table, Querétaro with 19 points. So it's, you know, looking at it, Tigres has not have a, had a great season. If you look at it from the games that they've lost, they've lost against Cruz Azul. They lost against Santos, Toluca, and uh, America. And those teams are up in the uh, table, you know, kind of pretty much in La Liga. And they've, those are the teams that they've lost to. And if you look at who they've tied with, because they have a lot. They have, oh, I mean, they've tied against Lobos last weekend. And then Pumas. And then Monterrey. I mean, they tied against Necaxa, Pachuca. This Tigres is not the Tigres that we all kind of get to, you know, see throughout um, the league regularly, but like you said, they they've been in this position before, and they managed to get into La Liguilla, and they turn it on, and they're a different team. We've seen it happen, but I think even Tuca realized that Tigres right now it's not the powerful Tigres that they've always been. Um, and I think you had questioned me in the other podcast about if you think it's because Tuca has been you know managing the national team, and do you think it's been taking you know the focus and time and I, I do think so I think it's not easy trying to maintain Adidas and Liga Mekis and then being constantly pulled and focusing on national team even though he's not a, in a legit role with national team but the pressure is still there um, regardless if he feels it or not it is there it's just you know kind of disconnected him from that so I would be slightly happy to see Adidas not make La Liga um, but I think it would definitely be interesting yeah, I mean, even if both Monterrey and Tigres don't make it, I mean, I'd be totally fine with it. I can't see Monterrey not making it now. They're on 23 points, to be honest. But Tigres, very interesting running. Um, they've got massive game this weekend, Friday night, away at Morelia. Fasc- and that's what fascinating I game. And, and then Puebla, who um, are still in, in the race. I mean, they're on 18 points. They host Chivas on Friday as well. If they if they can beat Chivas, then they're on 21 points. That game against Tigres is becoming very, very interesting. And Tigres finally and end up playing uh, Chivas away. So it's it's in their own hands in a way, but they've got to get results in these games because if they're you know if they lose any of these games, they're losing points to direct rivals. Especially, especially, excuse me, Morelia. I wouldn't be surprised if Morelia beats Tigres, honestly. Well, I mean, that Friday, f- Friday isn't isn't normally kind of the peak of Liga MX. The, mm-hmm. the intro to the weekend, the games normally aren't the best. But this week, completely different. Morelia, Tigres and Puebla, Chivas with the Liguilla race, now the most important thing. That is a fantastic couple of games on Friday night. Definitely. So we'll see. We'll see what happens to Tigres if they are able to sneak in La Liga and turn on their game. So next question from at Aldo Campos 39 asks, which two teams have a greater chance to take the Liga Mekis title this season? Which two teams? 
Um, I would probably, it's a boring answer, but I'd probably say the, the two that are first and second at the moment, America and Santos. And I say that because uh, America are a very individual team, um, which works pretty well in Liga Mekis. And individually, they are, the quality that they have in their squad is absolutely phenomenal. They're the best dribbling team in Liga Mekis which again matters a lot in the, in the league and the, this style of play and so I think they've got a fantastic chance and Santos are phenomenal defensively they have I mean obviously they've replaced Nestor and, and Esquiedos so so well with uh, Hugo Nervor and, and Doria and as a unit they're phenomenally good defensively I mean uh, one stat I can, I can give you is that they've as a team, they've been dribbled past less than any other team in the league. And this is something I really noticed in their game against Nakaxa. I thought they were incredibly good at press, pressuring players, not aggressively to win the ball, but just to prevent the other team from, prog from progressing up the pitch, uh, prevent them from creating anything. So defensively, although Cruz Azul have conceded less, I think overall Santos are the best defensive unit in the league Cruz Azul have conceded less because Corona's uh, been ridiculously good this season so plus they have Furch in phenomenal form they have Rodriguez who has replaced Janini very well so I think both of those teams are set up very well to succeed in Liga Mekis honestly and they would they for me are the two strongest teams around right now interesting I actually chose Santos, which I think I totally agree with what you've said. Um, and I say Cruz Azul because why not? I mean, they've had they had a great start to the season. They had a good streak going on. They slowly kind of slumped down, and I think we've all pretty much seen that. But I think they still are a good team. They have the squad. They are stacked on the field. I just think it's a matter of really finishing strong and seeing what they can do in La Liga because we haven't seen them in I mean a while it's, it's pretty ridiculous so I'm pretty excited to see how they would do in La Liga especially with a squad like this you have great players Elia I mean we have already know the squad that they have so I say Cruz Azul and Santos so we got Santos right <laughs> oh you agree with it I agree on Santos <laughs> okay let's move on to at Eldan Man <laughs> 86, I like that. I like that Twitter handle. Um, who do you think is the next current Liga MX-based Mexican to follow Chucky Lozano's success in Europe and why? have to give the obvious answer of Lainez, really. Um, oh, okay. He's, he's the most exciting young talent around right now. He's attracted offers from Europe already. There's obviously a, a lot he needs to add to his game, but the fact that look, this this kid started as the number ten for America in Clásico Joven, and he just looks he doesn't look out of place at all, you know. Um, phenomenally good dribbler, yeah, massive potential. I think he's probably the most likely of of the young Mexicans to succeed. But there's a big big crop of guys we've seen this season massive you know loads of, of 
exciting players who have performed well. Uh, the question always is, will teams in Europe be able to afford them? You know, will the Mexican clubs let them go? Because we have, we have the rule where you know, Mexican clubs need to play nine Mexican players, so they, they're not gonna let strong players go unless it's for Indeed. a very good price. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but we'll see if, if moves materialize, but yeah, I think there's, um, there's a lot of guys that could go on and, and do well. Um, but Lainez, Lainez probably the standout one, maybe Marcel Ruiz Very exciting. as well. Very exciting to watch on the field. I mean, and at his age, like you said, I mean, he, he just plays like he's been doing this for a couple of years now and it's 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 great to watch him and I was kind of surprised he was starting um that game just because we kind of know how Biojo can switch up the lineup on us and he could be having a good game one game and then next game you expect him to start and he doesn't so I can think that's what I kind of thought was going to happen and and totally was not that um be pretty excited to see him um I got the chance to um, see him in Houston and um, they asked him where would you want to go and the question he was like wherever they take me it'd be you know an honor to you know be in whatever team and very humble kid awesome great talent very exciting to watch on the field he's just phenomenal um, I actually wrote down uh, Victor Guzman because 23 year old attacking midfielder He's great. Um, well, I think he has what five goals so far this season. I think it's I think. I think it's four goals, five assists, or it might be the other way around. Something because he had that hat trick of assists not too long he ago. He had the hat trick of assists. That game. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think he'd be one the other Mexican that could probably fall in those footsteps. I mean, he started at uh, um, Guadalajara. Yeah. But then he didn't make his senior debut until he went to Pachuca in 2015. So, kind of the whole like Pachuca, Pachuca um, Academy, you know, where Chuki's come from and Anguti. It's been, it's, and Anguti, who scored, who scored yesterday his first goal in the first minute. Pretty awesome. Yeah, I think, uh, I think uh, it is four goals, five assists, by the way. I think Guzman. Um, his f improvement as a footballer in the last two years has been unbelievable. Arguably the most improved player in Liga Mekis. I mean, even this season, the, what he's added to his game from being someone who was very effective at making late runs into the box and scoring goals, fantastic at that. But he had nothing else to his game. And this season, the creativity he's shown is unbelievable. He's already played more key passes this season than he did in the whole of last season. So it's amazed me. It's genuinely amazed me how much he's improved because uh, I was quite critical because I thought that his game was far too limited. Uh, and if he can keep improving like this, then absolutely he could be a success in Europe. Cool. Okay, moving on. At Beto Can ask, why would anybody want a cup between Liga Mekis and MLS? Question mark. When there's Copa Libertadores in all caps. <laughs> I love the all caps part because I, I slightly agree with him. 
I, I, I pretty much agree with him, honestly. Well, I think we both agree with him, don't we? Um, and that the key thing that no one ever brings up, but no, and no one's brought up about this concept of Liga Mekis and MLS merging or having a larger competition between the two leagues than the current, uh, what they call it, Campion de Campiones. Campiones Cup. Friend, glorified friendly thing. Every single club in the MLS is owned by the same ownership group. Every single club. Yeah, we. I remember when you we had this conversation. I was like, "Whoa!" Like I did not know this. Yeah, they keep it quiet, and the owners have their own clubs that they're kind of able to run in a little bit of their own ways. But there's obviously mass, massive restrictions on what they can do. But technically and officially, every single club is owned by the same ownership group. So every club has the same owner. For me, why would anyone want to watch a sport where everything is owned by the same people? Because that to me is not true competition. And Mm -hmm. that to me um, is... I don't know if I can trust that, to be honest. (laughs) So why would we want to have, and people are saying, oh, why would we have Copa Mekis is rubbish, we can have a cup with MLS as well. Why would you take a competition where you've got competition and add 50% of the teams having the same owner? I mean, that firstly is grossly unfair to me. Yeah. Because you've got one, you know, one guy or a group of people own 50% of the horses in the race and the rest is all split up. It's just, I don't like it. It's not, it's not sport. It's not competition to me. Um, the Libertadores thing is difficult because unfortunately, um, unfortunately plane travel is too long. And it is because it really messes up between Liga Mekis and Copa Libertadores. You have a game, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and you have a game Friday, Saturday. It's just the time travel, and then you have Liga Mekis not wanting to comply, and maybe either the club saying no, we're not going to move the game because blah blah blah. blah. Yeah. So then you leave the team with no option, and it, it, it's a lot. And you forced pretty much every single team was forced to choose one or the other. Exactly. Which is a a great shame. So we all want it. It's the second biggest international competition in the world. You know, it's the, it would be fantastic for Mexico. Um, but it is difficult and it has to be done better than it was before. And honestly, unless planes become faster, <laughs> I'm not sure what the answer is. Genuinely, I'm, I'm just not sure what the answer is. Yeah. I think the whole merging of the Liam Mackies and MLS to me just it just frustrates me because it's just something that I just can't imagine. It's just hard to picture it. All in all, it's money because they know that Liam Mackies is the most watched, um, he, you know, league here in the United States. Yeah. And obviously, if they get the fans uh, to go to the games, you know, see a a Toronto versus Santos you know obviously you're going to get the whole stadium filled up because of the teams you know and i just don't like it you know i I agree with you said i I just don't like it it's not exciting for me i think when it comes if they were to merge it they were gonna or they would have to cut teams off so i can't imagine 
you know, cutting off like half the Liga Mekis, it's just not, it just doesn't make sense to me, you know? Yeah, like, and, and the other thing that's linked to this and the money, and I think there's a uh, worrying road that we're going down with all roads leading to America in terms of soccer. You know, yeah. we, we've got potential La Liga game, although FIFA have stepped in and said you're not allowed to do that. But how long is that going to last? How long is it going to be before we have Premier League or La Liga playing in America? We've got Copa yeah. Libertadores final, apparently. You know, such a historic competition being played outside its continent. It apparently could be played in America. We've got potentially another Copa America tournament played in the US. Because of the money, all roads are leading there. And mm -hmm. for me, that is in concerning because you're taking away the opportunity of other people to watch this sport. And you're just saying, exactly. okay, America, you get all this great sport because you guys are rich. And you're mm -hmm. taking something very, very special and important away from other parts of the world just because they, these people happen to be born in poorer countries. So, yeah. and you know, this is something, Libertadores, Liga Mekis, this has been built up within its own country. And now the, or within the continent of South America with the Libertadores, it's something that, that worries me. I, I don't like the potential of just more and more stuff being moved to America just for the money, because it's taking away from people who, you know, this is, this is really important to people's lives. Exactly, and I think they don't take in consideration that. I mean, the plan is by after World Cup of 2026, but still, it's I, I just would be oh crying if that happened because it's just horrible. I I I just don't like it. And the whole Libertadores, I mean, those games when I would watch them with any Mexican team that was in Libertadores, I would watch those games with so much you know passion. Like you just like oh my god, these games are so good regardless of who it was i remember when i watched chivas my leon was in there i mean it was just those games that you could not tigres. miss and now that tigres i mean yeah. you can you know you can't and after the mexican teams left honestly i don't really watch it and they're you know i feel like they're just missing out on the point um they need this tourney for competition um they need to you know and now we're what we're not even playing copa america we chose to play copa oro it's kind of just i just don't understand but you know what? We think we just need to win the lotto and just try and. Uh, I mean, money's power nowadays, and it sucks that it's being sucked into the soccer world, which has always have been existing. But clearly, it's making moves like this that it's not making any sense to most of us. So, anyways, let's move on. <laughs> Got really emotional on that question. <laughs> Okay, at uh, Jeanette L93 asks, what player has impressed you the most this season? I, I don't like to always pick out strikers, but they're always the ones that pop up into the head straight away. And this season, Julio Furch has been on another planet, quite, quite frankly. I mean, 11 goals from 24 shots this season. That is utterly ridiculous I mean just to put that into perspective Gignac you know to most people the best player in Liga Mekis he scored one fewer goal than Furch you're thinking oh, okay they're doing pretty similar 
he's taken 50 shots. So he's had more than twice the number of shots than Furch has had this season. So Furch's efficiency in front of goal, um, which in short seasons matters immensely, uh, has been utterly phenomenal. Um, absolutely sensational. And on top of that, what he's also done is as the target man, as the guy who holds up the ball, as the guy who receives more, the direct passes from Santos, he's been very, very, very good. And Giannini was the guy who normally did that last season, and Furch has stepped into that role very, very well. So he's the guy who's impressed me most this season. Awesome. Let's move on. Okay, next question. I underscore Ganis has two questions mm -hmm. and they're in your specialty area so I'm gonna let you take over these um, first question how are Guido Pizarro 2018 defense stats versus 2017 so this is a really interesting thing actually and someone asked me on Twitter about Pizarro earlier because I tweeted something about Carioca and mm -hmm. um, he, he theorized that Pizarro wasn't doing as much defensively as when he was previously in the league. So in terms of tackles and interceptions per 90 minutes, Guido Pizarro this season is averaging 4.17, right? Mm -hmm. When he was last in Liga Mekis in 2016-17, he was averaging 5.31. So he's averaging over one fewer tackle plus interception per match uh, than when he was last in the league. So I think there's definitely a case to be made that he's not uh, winning the ball back as much. Whether that's because Carioca is doing more than, say, a Duenas was doing back then, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Is that because it's a little bit different instruction? Or Tigres defending a little bit deeper? Maybe because they're, uh, the centre-back duo of Ayala and Janino are a couple of year, years older. They can't be quite as aggressive holding a high line because they're scared of balls over the top. All these factors are possibilities and it's very difficult to fully know the answer without asking Tukar or Guido himself. Uh, but statistically, he, is, he has a lower defensive output than when he was last in Liga Mekis. So, uh, arguably, he's doing worse. Interesting. Okay, now second part of the question. How good slash bad are the current top eight teams regarding shots on target versus last season? Okay, so if we look at um, shots on target per 100 possessions, as I obviously like to, you've got uh, America are better this season. Um, Santos, interestingly, have dropped. Um, perhaps that's the Janini effect. Janini shot quite often I think hit the target quite often from just in and around the box um, like I said before Furch has main reason he's got goals this season is not because he's taking loads of shots but it's because his efficiency has been so phenomenal um, Cruz Azul uh, as you might expect have improved from last season then you've got Pumas Pumas have uh, also improved in terms of last compared to last season Pumas doing very well only um, ranked behind America this season in terms of shots on target per 100 possessions 
Uh, Toluca are pretty similar, slight improvement this season. Monterrey, uh, you might expect them to have dropped, and they have, but only very slightly. They actually still rank quite well for that for that uh, metric. Monarchus Morelia have improved compared to last season. And uh, finally, Tigres, who uh, are looking pretty poor uh, in general on this statistic, but that's mainly because they have so much possession. They're not a particularly direct team, but they've actually improved uh, this season in terms of their efficiency of getting shots on target. Interesting. Told you you were the, the ideal person for these two questions. <laughs> okay, next question. At El Pirru ask, uh, know of any sites that cover the canteras? Question mark. Also, any doubt the current top eight are the ones we'll see in La Liga? I got money writing on these eight. Calm my nerves down, please. <laughs> Canteras, not really. Uh, there used to be the Pumas English account uh, that used to write quite a lot about the Pumas Cantera, but um, haven't seen anything from from the guy who, who ran that account for quite a while now. So um, no, I'm not. I'm not sure about much that cover the Cantera. I don't know if you have anything, Kari, or not. No, I wish every team had someone that would, you know, keep an eye on the cantera because we will eventually see some of those youngsters with the first team or transfer over to other teams and at least kind of get to, you know, know about them, see them, how they play. It'd be really good to just keep in, in touch with them, but I don't actually. Um, so, sorry. Ligia. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the second part, any doubt that these... Yeah. Yeah, some doubt. I mean, I I still quite fancy Pachuca, to be honest, and I think yeah, I think you're the same, right? Same Pachuca. Yeah. Pachuca, and I I think Pachuca will definitely sneak in sneak in there. So, um, we'll see what happens. Um, next question is a really interesting question. Um, at J Cesar underscore G S ask the best foreign player that that you've seen until now in mexican teams and how big of a difference compared to the best mexican in league best foreign player i genuinely and i i mean i have a bias here but i genuinely would still say yeah because it's probably your favorite <laughs> oh go on well it's the most important uh, footballer in my life to be honest it's the reason why I'm here Jefferson Montero mm -hmm. and I've never seen anyone just be able to make a team so much better than what he was able to do I've never seen anyone be able to win or keep his team in games in the way that he could because he could dribble around everyone and score <laughs> you know he could do it alone um, it, it really is you know it, I feel like at times his, his impact on that Morelia team could only be compared to guys like Messi Ronaldo the impact they have for their teams in that he mm -hmm. could do so much on his own um, 
So that's why I say he is the best foreign player I've seen in Liga Mekis. Uh Comparison to the best Mexican, I mean, the best Mexican is, is Chucky that I've seen. I don't think there's a massive, massive difference, but he was something special. Montero. He is something special to this day. Bring him back, someone, please. <laughs> please bring him back. Um, there's a lot of great foreigner players that have come through um, Liga Mikey's. Um, remember Chupete Suazo from Monterrey? Yeah, yeah. I remember him scoring a phenomenal chip. I think great it was against player. Puebla. That, yeah. Um, that was my first season. From America? Yeah, that was just before I started watching. Yeah. I, I actually got to take a picture with him when he was at the mall. <laughs> it was before um, tragedy, but um, I miss Dairo Moreno. I really do. He's probably one of the reasons why I started uh, watching Cholos on a Friday on a daily basis because Dairo Moreno was awesome. Mm, um, it was. Janini. I really, 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 really like Janini, and we all. What about we question it? Remember in our. Um, Go on. Speaking of Cholos, uh, Aviles. I mean, for for Chiapas oh, yeah, and for Cholos and for the first spell. season of Monterrey. Yeah, incredible player. Brings back memories, huh? Definitely. That's, that that team were fantastic. That was when I was living in the US. So I could watch those Friday night games. Brilliant team. Had a good time. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no doubt, Chucky's like the best player that we both have seen in Liga Mikey, so this is, someone's bound to top him off later. Um, next question. Speaking, oh, at Ryan underscore 102. Speaking podcast personalities, parentheses, people who do a podcast, name your top five. Rank them by how good they can hold a conversation, how knowledgeable they are, and how well they can speak. It's a very um, specific question. <laughs> question with lots of parts to it. Um, I I I really enjoy how the Liga Mekis in English community has multiple podcasts where people are starting and you know doing their own thing because it really it brings the community together and have various options or even just listen to everybody's. Um, views and opinions over it so I could not name them in a particular order nor would favor them that's just me I don't know about you Tom what's your answer my first thought is to go to uh, to a, a pod people from a, a podcast produced by the BBC that I listen to which is called the World Football Phone-In uh, which has experts from different continents one of whom is John Arnold from the Liga Mekis English community he's the conga calf expert that goes on the show and everyone on that show is absolutely fantastic and it has my journalistic idol who is a guy called Tim Vickery who's a, a British guy who's been covering Brazilian football for ages I don't know 20 30 odd years and uh, he he is just incredible he speaks phenomenally well uh, he, he captivates you when he speaks and he's always got some different insight, different take on the game, on 
the impact of the game in South America, how it impacts socially, uh, culturally. So he's the guy who stands out. But everyone on that show, including obviously John Arnold and other guys from from different parts of the world, are fantastic. Uh, the other person I just mentioned is someone who I miss, who is Naib Moran, because I, I thought he was a fantastic uh, guy on the Mexican soccer show who spoke very, very well and again captivated you when when he spoke so it's a shame that uh he isn't doing the mexican soccer show anymore but he does uh, he has been occasionally posting his own podcast and so he's uh he's a great podcast personality he's great to listen to i like i like listening to him mm. very knowledgeable very very cool guy so i, I totally agree okay next question at justin underscore sgg not including yours, name your top three podcasts from the Liga MX community. Um, it's a tough question. I don't like to pick. <laughs> um, but I would probably say At the Colorful Kit, The Mexican Soccer Show, and The Eagle Eye Podcast. Um, definitely. Um, but I... I'm very open to listening to other other podcasts, so um, I'm very proud of everybody that has been uh, joining the Liga Mekis uh, and English community with podcasts, so props to all you guys. And we have one more question, and this one is in Spanish. Um, it is from um, at El Pinguino GP. ¿Por qué la América sigue siendo odiado? Sigue siendo, si sigue siendo el mejor. Um, do you want me to translate that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, why is America uh, is why is why is America always being the most hated if they always are the best? I think they the question answers itself, does it not? The the best is always going to attract the hate because. Uh, you either, if you are a fan of the best team, then you're a fan of them, and if you're not a fan of them, you're f you're fed up with them winning and fed up of fans <laughs> acting like they're the best, shall we say? Uh, so well, and then yeah, and then their hashtag America hashtag odiame más so hate me more. You know, it's kind of like that double thing. So yeah, and hey, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean it's it's very similar throughout the world I mean, for example in in the uk there's a joke in, in the premier league or within english football that there's a joke that everyone's second team is whoever's playing manchester united and obviously this isn't quite as true anymore because they're not as good anymore but when alex ferguson was the manager everyone was fed up with the winning in the premier league every year the joke was always your second favorite team is whoever's playing Man U that weekend so it happens all yeah. over the world. <laughs> I agree. Okay, well that wraps up. I want to thank all you guys for um, tweeting us your questions and I hope that you're satisfied with our answers to the best of our ability. And thank you guys for listening to this episode of Q&A from another football podcast. Don't forget there's Liga Makeys 
um, action this weekend when we are getting into crunch time of getting to find out what will happen. Will we have a chaotic last jornada? Because those are always the best jornadas when anything can happen and on the table. Um, Tom, I want to thank you for answering all the questions. Do you want to say anything? Anything? Uh, just, um, just to add a thank you to everyone. We got so many questions. Uh, some really interesting ones. It's always fun to do a Q&A because it takes you a little bit out of your comfort zone sometimes and it gets you discussing things that we wouldn't normally do. Obviously, when we decide what to talk about every week, it's, it's what we want to talk about. And sometimes I think it's great to talk about what other people want you to talk about. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Especially having an... Uh an expert like you so you're like the expert in this panel between me and you <laughs> anyway, not on everything um, yeah so we want to thank all you guys for go ahead not on everything <laughs> um so yeah we want to thank you guys for uh submitting your questions and for listening to us we will be back next week for more liga mikey's action mexicans abroad and any news in el three in english um, Tom, if people aren't following you already with your 3,000 plus followers, where can they follow you at? Uh, it's at TomH underscore 36. And what about you, Kari? <laughs> you guys can follow me at Torres underscore 7. Uh, thank you guys for listening and join us next week. We'll catch you then. <laughs>